0: Hey beautiful people, Kira Michelle here Wellness Rebellion. Thanks for tuning back in. So today I'm going to talk a little bit about how to take care of ourselves. Because I I live, I work in New York City. I am constantly on the run, hustle, 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 always one thing to the next. I teach yoga and meditation um full-time so I tend just to be run off my feet quite a lot with that being said I get really really exhausted and not only exhausted from working but it's also like it's a very it's a very physical job and I ride my bike from one place to the next to the next to the next um so that's my that's 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 my hustle that's my struggles and don't get me wrong I absolutely love my job and I feel so blessed I'm very very grateful that I get to do that because like I said, absolutely love it. And you can love your job and still be fucking stressed, right? So cortisol, the, the stress hormone seems to be pumping through our bodies right now, like crazy as if it's a normal thing. And it's not. So cortisol, there's a really, uh, there's a, there's an important reason why cortisol kicks in and it has to do with the fight or flight mode. So caveman days, there's a tiger in front of you, there's a bear in front of you, You've got two kind of options. You can fight, flight, or there's freeze. You can freeze. It's not the best option. But for fight or flight, we have adrenaline that's going to start pumping through the body. And then we also have cortisol, which is going to start pumping through the body. So these help you keep you on your toes. They help you fight if you're in that situation or they help help you get the fuck out of there by running. The problem is, is that we're not in these fight or flight life and death situations. Uh, to the extent that our, our body thinks we are, we're kind of in this, this mode, this hustle mode where we're living off of the cortisol and the cortisol in big doses is really, really unhealthy for us. So small doses here and there in those fight or fight and flight situations, like legit fight and flight situations is really, it's essential. It's life. It's literally life-saving. But when there's this constant state of stress, constant high levels of cortisol, it starts to deteriorate the body and brings in a lot of inflammation. It brings in sickness. It brings in depression, anxiety, um, adrenal fatigue. Uh, these are just a few things. There's, there's multiple, um, negative benefits of having this constant state of high cortisol. So how do we address this? How do we, how do we start changing this? Um, so one of the things is, I've heard somewhere along the way, I wish I could remember who said it, is that we need to make taking care of ourselves a full-time job. So it needs to be just as essential as your actual job. Or it needs to be just as essential as taking care of your family, taking care of your loved ones, taking care of your children. I know for myself, I also know for my mother, I know from a lot of, a lot of humans around me, that we have a very strong tendency to take care of everyone else other than ourselves so you know we've all heard it you're sitting on the airplane and you know that if the I don't know what's called those things drop down those air things you have to you have to put it on yourself first then you have to put the life jacket on yourself before you have to help before you help someone else that's the way it works if you're not taking care of yourself if you're sick no you can't help anyone else so it's the same thing with this self-care stuff. And I think a lot of us kind of get the idea that self-care is selfish and that's changing. I really do believe that, that that concept, that idea, that view is changing and it fucking has to because self-care is not selfish. If anything, it's the opposite way around. I know that, you know, my parents are aging. It's kind of, it gets kind of scary to think that, you know, they're hitting their 60s, there getting up there, um, maybe more than early 60s, maybe more to middle to late 60s, um, and the one thing that I keep saying to them is, please take care of yourself, please take care of yourself, I want, like, for selfish reasons, I want you to be around for longer, so if she's, if my mother in particular is constantly takes care of everyone else, and she's not taking care of herself, then the longevity of her life is, is not that prominent, And that scares the shit out of me. So realizing that it isn't selfish for her to take care of herself because she's going to be around longer for all of us, for her grandbabies, for her children, you know, for her friends. So with that being said, let's kind of jump into this a little bit. So I studied at a place called Institute for Integrative Nutrition. um, Probably about five or six years ago now. And I was getting into it because I had eating disorders and really bad body dysmorphia, which still plays every now and again. Uh, but I went in for, I thought it was nutrition, you know, I, I thought I was going to be learning a lot about food. And as much as I did, the very, very, very first thing that I learned is that there's primary food and secondary food. Primary food is not the food that you think it is. Primary food is... They break it down into four different categories. So relationships, career, exercise, and spirituality. Secondary food is food food. And I was like, wait, this is Institute for Integrative Nutrition. So how come primary food has nothing to do with food, has nothing to do with supplements and nutrition or, you know, um, what you're bringing into your body? Only to realize that if you're not taking care of yourself on these primary food levels, these four different elements of your life, it doesn't matter how well you eat. You could eat so perfectly for your body and still be sick as hell because you're not taking care of yourself on these different levels. So let me say those again. we got the relationships. So I'm talking about relationship to yourself. I'm talking about how you talk to yourself, how you treat yourself. Um, what you surround yourself with, what you listen to, what you watch, um, the conversations that you have. The second one is career. Do you love doing what you're doing or do you dread it? That's going to make a massive difference in your life. And I'm pretty sure most of us have probably been there with at least one job in our lives that we hated going to. We wake up in the morning and it's just tough. It's tough to get out of bed. Weekends are bittersweet because you've got this level of freedom But Sunday rolls around and there's dread because you know that Monday's coming. I mean, I think that's a pretty common theme for a lot of people working, I mean, working a lot of, a lot of different jobs. Just are we working to live or are we living to work? Are we just making enough money to get by, to slave away? Or with that being said, you could be making a shit ton of money and still hate your job. So checking in, how do you feel about your career? Because we spend so much time at work, we spend so much time, mental time, even when we're not physically at work, we're still working a lot of the times in our brains, in our minds. All right, the third one is exercise. How are you taking care of your physical body? You could be eating healthy, you can be eating great, but if you are not moving, if you're not getting that uh, that mental stipul- the mental stimulation from movement, that level of I mean, for me, it helps with, helps me deal with anxiety, depression. It helps me, it reminds me that I'm so much stronger than I think I am. And when I'm teaching my classes, I teach this one class. It's called Strength 45. So it's a cross between strength work and yoga. And I always start the class, but just by letting them know, you're stronger than you think you are. I was listening to a podcast by Joe Rogan. I'm going to highly recommend this podcast. Um, he was interviewing a a guy called David Goggins and David Goggins was, he was like over 300 pounds. He was ridiculously, uh, depressed, obese, unhappy. Um, I'm going to, I'm just going to mash up his entire fucking life right now. Anyway, he ended up changing his he changed his mental uh mind stance he realized how strong he was he realized that he could fucking do anything and those voices in his head that said "Nah, sit down I, I don't want to do anything I just want to eat and I want to chill and I want to be lazy and this is what I want to do he would fight them he would absolutely fight them so he eventually through movement and through diet changed his entire fucking lifestyle he was now he's now an ultra marathon runner he he was uh, a Navy SEAL, and he just absolutely insane. So his story is so fucking inspiring. Uh, so what he was saying when I was listening to this podcast is that, you know, we think that we're given a hundred percent. We're not fucking given a hundred percent because if we were, we'd be dead. What we think a hundred percent is is probably roughly around our actual forty percent. And I see people, I see people, people starting to feel exhausted. And I'm the same. When I'm working out, it's like okay. Lactic acid is there. I'm starting to feel it. My glutes hurt, whatever. This, I don't want to do this anymore. Fuck this. I want to be done. I don't want to push myself. And you catch yourself, you catch that mind, that small mind. And you're just like, nope, that this is, nope, this is nothing. I've been through so much harder. I've been through so much worse. And I know at the end of the day, I'm going to feel good about doing this. Keep fucking going. So check in with yourself, what's your activity like? Are you sitting for majority of the day? Check your phone. You've all got those. Well, actually, I don't know about Android, but on your iPhone, you've got that, um, the health app. So that it's the, it's the white logo with the love heart, with the pink love heart. You tap on it and it tells you how many steps you've walked today. So I'll do this with my clients without realizing they don't realize that they've got these apps on their phone. I'll be like, how how many steps have you walked today? They're unsure. They're like, meh, it's not a big deal. And then I check and I'm like, it kind of is a big deal, you know? average steps that we should be walking, it's recommended is 10,000 steps a day. So if you're driving to work or catching the train to work, and then you're sitting down all day, and then you're catching the train or driving home from work, and then you're exhausted. I get it. I get it. But where are you getting your physical activity in? How important is it to you? And I'm hitting 32 this year. And like I said, I'm physically active as shit. I'm always on the run. But even still with all that physical activity, I'm still aging. I can feel it my body's feeling different. Things that were once easier are now getting challenging and I mean needless to say it's interesting um it's it's hitting my ego it's I've got a lot of things that are, that's coming up with the whole aging process, which I think most of us do, especially women um, but simply getting those ten thousand steps a day in and finding. I know that there's a lot of people who hear exercise and they just cringe and they're like, this is the last thing I fucking want to do. There's such an automatic like, nope, um, shutdown valve to it. So finding an exercise that works for you. There are so many different avenues for exercise now um, that you should be able to find something that is somewhat appealing to you. And even if it's not necessarily like crazy workouts, crazy exercises, because it doesn't have to be. It can be something like, I feel like when I was growing up, actually my neighbor, my neighbor's mom, uh, Louise, I know that every single evening she would take a walk after after dinner and sometimes she'd take it with her kids, sometimes she'd take it with her husband, sometimes she'd take it with my mom, or I would come along too. And it's like, you know, just kind of getting the, everything moving, helping the digestion happen. And it's just that evening walk. Like, can you be outside? Can you give yourself a little bit more time outside, which is also really nourishing for the body? All right. So the next one is going to be spirituality. So this one can be a little scary to a lot of people because they hear spirituality and they just kind of like, it's another one of those shutdown vowels. Like, nope, I don't, religion, spirituality, done, over, nope. So I'm not talking about religion. Uh, if religion is your spirituality, then yes, that's what I'm talking about. But it's not it's not the be all end all. I'm talking about spiritualities in whatever connects you to something a little bit deeper. So it could be nature. It could be getting outside. I went to New Mexico recently and was going for a hike. And my girlfriend forgot to tell me that um that we'd be hiking through um through the lake that would have to, there wouldn't be bridges that would have to cross through the water. And of course I'm wearing my brand new vans. <laughs> I'm like, fuck that. Nope. I'm not getting, no, this is not happening. It's muddy water. Um, no, these are brand new. Not going to do it. Um, so we had like a little ultimate, like, what are we going to do? Do we turn back? Cause I'm being a princess and don't want to get my, sh- my brand new shoes dirty. Or do I take my shoes off and go for it? Um, so I took my shoes off, went for it. And being – growing up as a beach girl, never wearing shoes, always having sand between my toes, water, un- like underneath my feet. it. And now living in the city where I don't – I mean, I teach yoga, so I don't wear shoes a lot, but it's always inside. I don't get the that, that grounding feeling. So taking my shoes off and walking through water, and it's middle of New Mexico. There's clay, There's there's sand, there's mud, there's grass. Oh, my God. I just – sounds really cheesy. I just felt connected. I felt really, really, really good. Um, and then halfway through my girlfriends are like, Kiri, you can put your shoes back on. There's no more. And I'm like, nah, man, I'm fucking, I'm, I'm never, nope. I love this. I love this. I love being connected. I love feeling grounded. I love feeling the earth underneath my feet. So that's a level of spirituality. Um, another big level of, of that for me is going to be obviously yoga. Um, anything that brings me back to my heart center, so, like I was saying, David Goggins, those voices within our heads within our head we only have one each is they can be pretty harsh they can be be pretty vocal and and mean if you're anything like me um i've got a I've got a really really critical mind um I have this level of needing to be perfect, which is logically impossible. Um and if I'm not perfect, which no one is, therefore I've constantly set myself up with these expectations, which are automatically gonna bring dukkha suffering, because I will never be perfect, because I am human. The hard part for me is knowing this and yet expect still expecting the level of the level of perfection. So yoga helps me deal with that. Yoga is a spirituality that helps me check in and tune in. Meditation does that as well. Um, so just, it helps me step away from being the main character in the film, right? So instead of being caught up, I am this, I am that. I'm not good enough. I am depressed. I can't do this. I failed. You suck instead of being caught up right in the center of your film, it helps me step away. So when I step away, I can now see things as in, oh, I'm experiencing depression. It's coming and then it goes. And I... It just helps you to become the observer. So when you're the observer, you're no longer clinging and attaching on to every single little that comes up in the mind, the way that you were before. I, it also helps me to discern whether it's belief or facts. And these ones are, these ones get, um, get kind of meshed together kind of frequently. Um, I think within a lot of us, definitely within my mind. So I've got such a strong feeling of, of worthlessness, or I used to, I used to, and it's still, um brings its ugly head up every now and again. But I've learned to step away, to pause and be like, nope, I know that this is logically not true. I know my worth. I know my greatness. Simply because I'm living and breathing and existing at this very point in time, I am worthy. So it doesn't even matter that like before I even get out of bed, simply because my breath is there, I'm worthy. Doesn't matter if I get up out of bed and I fail the first thing I do, I'm still worthy worthy. So I've definitely shifted and changed that. But I do have to step back and be like, when I do mess up, oh shit, okay, cool. I'm human. That happened. It's not the end of the world. And I still love myself. We're still working towards that level of commitment and love and compassion and forgiveness. So that's another big one that helps with spirituality. So that, I mean, yoga has so many different elements to it. But I thought I'd just address that one because that is something that plays really... Used to play really, really heavy on my mind. It still does. I still go through um, these cyclical... Well, these cycles, I guess, of highs and lows. I mean, it's the it's human nature, I guess. It's the part of the human condition. Um, so deciding what your level of spirituality is. It could be that one of my girlfriends is... Um, she's into tarot and the moon so like cycles and how how the planets affect so astrology you know that's her spirituality she believes in that i love it when the two of us get together because she's definitely in the witchier realm with with reiki and tarot and um and then i'm definitely more in the buddhist yoga realm which are not they're not two of the same you know the witchy realm and the and the yoga slash Buddhist realm for me, they're they're not they're not one and the same, so our conversations are really fucking cool. Um <clears throat> so I kind of I kind of jumped over relationships. I should probably go back to that one a little bit. So the relationships. What is your relationship like with yourself? So I've kind of been talking about the relationship that we have with ourselves. <clears throat> you know, like the mental mind stuff that we believe in. Uh yoga s Vritti Yoga Sutra 1.2, basically a rough, rough translation is yoga is the ceasing of the chattering mind stuff. So there's always going to be that constant chatter, 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 chatter. You know, when I start to teach meditation, people come up to me and they're like, I can't meditate. My brain just won't stop. It's always thinking, thinking, thinking. So it's up to us. Are you going to, are you just going to blindly believe every single thing that you think? Are we just going to go for it and let the brain like kind of guide us around like a Like a crazy child with no direction or like a monkey just jumping from one thing to the next? Or are you going to start to train your fucking mind? Start to have better control over your relationship towards yourself? So the relationship that you do have with yourself is going to be the most important relationship that you will ever have in your entire fucking life. So if you don't have any self-worth, my guess is that you're not going to be choosing the most wise partners. Or the best people to be hanging out with we kind of I mean we kind of accept we we accept the love that we think we deserve another one that we've all heard over and over again so mind you I've chosen the best fucking friends ever my girlfriends my guy friends are utterly phenomenal and I have had some really great partners but for the most part, my choice of men has been pretty fucking atrocious. Um, and as I get older and as I dive deeper and deeper into yoga, I notice the shift. I notice the change. I notice um, the people that I want to spend time with, the men that that I spend time with, my guy friends that I spend time with, um, what I accept, what I don't accept anymore. And that's definitely shifting and changing. And I love it. I fucking love it. I finally feel like I'm stepping into really starting to like myself. Um, and believe in myself. And that's fucking... That's a, that's a great, fun, new um, realm for me. So... Then we do have the relationships with other people. So how are your relationships with your family and your friends and your loved ones? Do you keep them at a distance? Or... Is it the opposite? Is there a level of codependence there? Do you need to be around people 24-7? Can you give yourself time to yourself? And time to yourself doesn't mean watching TV. And it doesn't mean being on social media. Or maybe it doesn't even mean reading. Maybe it just means sitting. Can you be with yourself? Can you notice the mind stuff? Can you... Um, Tara Brock is a meditation teacher who I love. And um, one of the meditations that I do love a lot, which I'll actually do a version of pretty soon on um, on here, is um, it's called Rain. So the first part of Rain is to recognize. So when you're in this medita- meditative state, you recognize what's going on. What are the things that are playing over and over, or what's the thing that's you know that's hanging heavy on your mind right now? So recognize. The next one is accept. So accept what it is. Instead of pushing or pulling or having aversion or attachment to it, can you just simply notice it for what it is? So this level of surrender. I is going to be investigate. So where does it come from? Why is it there? Can we logically step into it, step away from the emotional mind and see logic a little bit clearer? And I think this one... I personally, I think it's important not to, um, stay on like why it's happening for too long, um, investigate it and then kind of let it go. The last one N is going to be nourishment or just to nourish yourself in general. So instead of being all hard headed and berating yourself and just being cranky and mad at yourself for whatever, for making a mistake or for getting involved in something that you knew you shouldn't have or whatever it is that you did, can you just... Can you, can you treat yourself kindly? Can you just be like, yeah, all right. Well, that wasn't the best choice. That wasn't the best action or reaction or decision that I've ever made. But I made it for X, Y, Z reasons. And now I'm just going to let it go and love myself because at the end of the day, I'm human. And every single failure is simply another opportunity. It's simply another opportunity. That's what it is. I think that changing the way that we view certain words, such as failure, is really, really important, right? So success is another one. What does success mean to you? What does failure mean to you? Can we shift these perspectives? Can success become happy, happiness? Can success be waking up and wanting to go to work in the morning? Can success mean having good, healthy relationships? Instead of success automatically meaning Got a good job and I make plenty of money. Like that doesn't make you successful. If your heart is not in it. If your happiness seems skewed. Is making all that money really that successful? So these are the different elements that we need to balance in our lives. Because these are the elements that ideally nourish us. Um, So I think it's one last thing. That I will say is that it is really important to to be hyper aware of of so when we're taking care of ourselves, our relationship towards ourselves. It's not just how we treat ourselves, but it it is what we surround ourselves with and by. So I've said this before, but I'm just gonna harp on it a little bit longer. Who are the people you're spending time with? So I believe that you are the average. Of the people that you spend the most time with. The five people that you spend the most time with. So if you're spending time. A lot of time at work. And people are shitty and angry and cranky. That's going to rub off on you. If you're around a bunch of friends who are just like meh. They're just kind of lazy and chill. And that's what they do. Well that's going to rub off on you. If you're around successful people. And let's look at the term success. Happy. um, Achieving. Striving. Goal setting. Um supportive, encouraging friends, if you're around these people, your life is going to be very, very different. And if you don't have those people around you currently, you've got podcasts. You can listen to a ton of different podcasts. You can, you know, fill yourself up with other things if you currently don't have those people in your life. And I honestly believe that once you start to shift and change and grow and evolve, And if you're listening to a lot of podcasts, then you'll start to have these conversations with different people and you probably, you probably will start to outgrow the people in your life who are, who are not growing with you. Obviously you're going to outgrow them. And sometimes we need to learn to let go because people will hold us back. People don't like change. They don't like it when you change. They don't like it when something else changes. So there is a level of, um, mourning for the loss of old friends that, that comes up when you start to shift and evolve and grow. Um, so the people you're spending your time with, what you're feeding your your ears with? What are you listening to? What sort of music? What sort of podcasts? You know, what are you watching? What TV shows are you watching? Are you filling your mind? Or are you emptying your mind? Is it numbing so you don't have to think or is it is it full of information? How much are you watching? Are you in nature? How are you feeding your soul? Are you, you know, getting out there with no shoes on and walking in mud? Or are you lying on the grass and watching the stars? Are you taking time to watch the sunsets or the sunrises? I mean, New York, it's kind of hard to get into nature. But I'll go over to Hudson River Park, West Side Highway, and watch the most magnificent sunsets. Fucking beautiful. Um, I'll go up to Central Park and get lost in Central Park in in these areas that don't even feel like you're anywhere close to new york city and yet you're at the very center of new york city um what else um your space your space at home can you get flowers if they make you feel a little bit better can you liven the place up a little bit can you make it a little bit brighter have you got your candles or whatever it is that you need to make yourself your space feel homely and feel safe and feel warm um, the books you're reading, how much news you're watching or listening to. And then finally, how are you actually feeding your physical body? What are the foods that you're putting within your body? What is good enough for your body? Or you're not really thinking about it and you're just eating to, you know, simply for pleasure, not for, not for any nutritious re- reasons. Or maybe you're just eating because you have to. I know that I tend to eat on the run and I don't really enjoy food the way that that I could or the way that maybe I should? Um, are you getting all your, all your, uh, everything that you need, everything that you need every single day? Are these things that you even think about? So if we're not taking care of ourselves from the most um, direct bottom level, then how do we expect ourselves to be happy and be okay? So we need to start taking care of ourselves as if it is our job, our full-time job. And then we'll start to really actually enjoy our jobs and really actually enjoy our family and our relationships and spirituality and exercise. We'll just, it'll just give us like a really solid, good foundation to get started on. We'll be able to handle difficult situations with more ease because we'll be in a better mindset. We'll be healthier physically, mentally, emotionally. I hate my people, that's all. 30 minutes. I have no idea how that just happened. I just rambled. Yeah. Love you guys. Bye.